Hello, everyone. Welcome to another show here of Ramblings and Takeaways. Um, welcome to um, uh, Ramblings and Takeaways. And uh, today we're going to talk about mental health. Now, um, it is May, and that is uh, um, the focus is on mental health. And I think it's something that is very relevant today. And that, uh, of course, many people talk about and rightly so and i think this is something that's that's very important to talk about now um it's called mental health but <clears throat> what we're looking at this is actually an umbrella term for um not just a certain part of health not just here psychology but i think it, it is much wider than that and it affects various other parts so it's kind of an umbrella term that includes everything including physical health and wellness and well-being and I think it's important to um, expand the, the term. And even though our focus here is on the psychological processes, our thinking, our emotions, it goes much deeper than that. So I want to clarify that uh, from the get-go, from the beginning here. So um, as it happens, I, I have a more holistic uh, view on, on these issues, right? So um, we cannot separate one from the other. So, and we do see more and more the uh, mind-body connection that um, here, um, both things are, are combined and work hand in hand and work with each other and influence each other in many, many ways uh, that we're not always aware of, right? But it is definitely working here hand in hand. So what that means is if one part is not working properly or to its, it's not functioning the way it should, it will have effects on other parts as well. So that is the holistic view. And uh, there's biopsychosocial um, perspective uh, in, in psychiatry, which is great. And I think it is, uh, again, um, going in the right direction. And so what happens is when things are out of tune, we, it's kind of like a piano, right? The piano is out of tune. And uh, what you're going to play then, even if you're playing it really well, won't sound as good as a piano that is in tune. And so, um, again, we need to get all the parts calibrated together. Now, uh, what happens is often um, with our body as well as our mind, so we have uh, an immune system that our body has, a physical one, but we also have one of the mind, a psychological one. And so what happens is we have toxins that build up in our body. And... Um, in our mind as well. And so we see it as okay to uh, go on a cleansing tour or to take on a diet or to restrict ourselves to certain types of foods, and um, um, which is fine, right? Because we're trying to um, help the body. But often we don't see the same thing with our minds, with our emotions, with our well-being overall and emotional well-being. Uh, mental well-being and so on. So we are neglecting that part. We're not giving it the time it needs to recover, for example. And uh, we are often under chronic stress. And that has effects on the mind, which has effects on the body. And then you get into that vicious cycle. So it's really important to, uh, to recognize that. And I think if uh, we do experience um, stress, 
chronically, and uh, uh, I've uh, I've had years of that myself, and it's 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 quite liberating once you get to deal with that. But it's not as easy as it sounds, and uh, I'm personally fully aware of that uh, going through through the whole process. But I can tell you that it's really important to to pause, to stop, to recharge yourself. Uh, we charge our phones, and we do try to charge our bodies, but we also have to take time off for our minds. And often if there are certain issues, for example, sleep issues, um, that is already showing you that something is off. It might not be a big problem, but um, something is not calibrated correctly there. And uh, a lot of our sleep depends on our brain. So we might think, and that was my case too, we might think we're quite happy, uh, we're enjoying life, but then there's something that we haven't looked at and that's, that's nagging. And, uh, uh, and that is often in the unconscious, but we don't realize it, we don't know of it, but we do experience it by not sleeping well, for example, or having, a, um, having anxiety. Uh, and uh, uh, reacting fearfully towards something. And fear, again, is, is a natural response. But we have to be aware of most of us, thankfully, are not in constantly um, um, situations that are threatening and dangerous. Again, there are certain zones and, and certain lifestyles where you would experience that. But most of us are quite quite, quite uh, blessed with, with having relative um, safety and security. And so that fear then becomes unfounded and that anxiety. And that's the difference here, really. Like anxiety is also the worry about what will happen in the near future or in the future long term. Or uh, what do other people think of you? The perception that we, uh, the impression we put on others. And so all of this, oh, how am I uh, going to do uh, what, with my job interview or with my, with my work and so on. So all of these concerns, they do build up and they do leave uh, residue. And a lot of it is because of negativity that we carry around. And um, that comes out in different ways, right? So when you have that, you can see people who are angry. And we see this much more often. It's much more blatant nowadays, whether it's through social media or personal interactions or, again, um, people posting stuff again or saying things to other people that is seen as, as, as mean or um, uh, lacking sensitivity, lacking touch, lacking empathy. And we do see that uh, quite, uh, quite a lot nowadays. Now, anger is often caused by an underlying uh, anxiety that we have, some sort of concern. And it can come out in different ways. It can come out in ridicule when we make fun of others, we bully others, right? And, and that is, again, here, a lack of security. Uh, you don't feel comfortable with yourself. Your piano is so out of tune that you can't play anything on it anymore. And maybe you don't want to. And that is, again, coming out in different forms. And we also see it in sarcasm. I think um, sarcasm is not a healthy sense of humor. And uh, um, people who are using it are either trying to get a message across or, again, uh, they are struggling with issues or a combination of both, which is, again, also a possibility here. Um, so um, we see that. And what we're looking for is here a zone that is safe, where we feel secure, where we feel 
in tune with ourselves, where we connect with um, who we are. And um, the pandemic has, has, has put things on a halt when it did happen. And uh, now as we're gradually going back to the normal, it's going to be a new normal because we had time for um, reflection. We had time for introspection. And I think that is hugely important. And a lot of people have realized the priorities were off. What they thought was important in their lives, including myself, again, uh, was not as important, right? And then you change your focus, you change your perspective. And one thing that's important here is also the, the kind of attitude and mindset we have, right? So uh, we talk about growth and fixed mindset. And um, uh, it's, it's not great terms here, and it's probably also sounds cliche, but it's definitely has a, a truth to it. Because when you're looking at things as, as fixed, then you feel incapable of changing things. Now, whether that is in terms of your own intelligence, how you perceive your intelligence, yourself, your abilities, or the outside world, right? And we feel that, oh, I can't change anything, right? And that is a fixed mindset, um, which is going to have um, um, harmful effects on, on your body as well as on your, your mind, of course, because you feel um, um, you can't do anything. You can't bring about change. Now, the growth mindset would be more an open-minded view of things, um, uh, that we can change things, we can grow, we can learn, and learning is really important here. However, this is not a fantasy. It has to be grounded in reality, and that is the real trick to know what we can change and what we cannot. And it really boils, boils down to what we can do and which is our own reaction to events, our own actions, to a large extent, we do have control over it, to a very large extent. And actually, more than people would like to admit, we do have control over how we react to things. And if we don't, uh, or we feel we don't, then we can always look for help. And that is when um, professional help here would be, would be helpful, therapy. Uh, or, again, um, with, with somebody like myself, uh, a type of coach, health and wellness coach, who can, who can show you, again, what is going on, who can reflect that, and who can guide you. Uh, and, and the term uh, coach, I, I used to be hesitant of it because of its uh, connection to sports, but now I actually fully embrace it. I think it is that. Because um, uh, what uh, I, I'm doing as a, as a coach is really like, guiding people, showing things to people and be able to guide them in the direction that they want, right? It's not my direction, it's their direction. But in the end, I can share my own experiences, my own knowledge, um, and um, it will be helpful. And in the end, the it will help others to connect with themselves, who they truly are. And um, that is, again, not cookie cutter. And that's the issue with actually psychology or psychiatry, when you see it as a science, it seems quite rigid, right? And it's, we are trying to, well, the psychiatrists are trying to help people, but they do have a system that kind of also limits them at the same time. And trying to become more of a science, which I don't necessarily think that uh, these fields, and I might not be happy with this uh, statement, that these fields are necessarily scientific. 
in nature because it is, I think it's deeper than that. Now, of course, science is hugely important, but I think there are certain issues, and we see that in, in, in uh, fields like psychiatry, there are certain issues that um, science cannot, at the moment at least, cannot fully explain or grasp. That's the quest for the theory of everything, and we have so far failed in that aspect. And we have um, quantum mechanics that is throwing things off. And so I think there is more to it all. And if psychiatry can break out of those bounds and see things, and they are, again, moving in the right direction, we need a growth mindset for everything, including uh, uh, science. And I think that is hugely important to look at. So um, certain things that we might take as uh, normal, right, might not be, actually. And um, for me, um, I think shyness is something that is uncomfortable. And we see it as, we call it normal. And I don't think it is, of course, I don't think it is necessarily a mental illness. And I wouldn't go that far. But it feels uncomfortable. So anything that feels uncomfortable um, can't be good for you. Right. And unless, again, you choose to do so. But again, I would doubt it because we all need social connection. We crave it. And if we don't look for it, it's probably some trauma or underlying anxiety that is blocking us in the same way that I would think obesity is is fine. Right. In terms of aesthetically, if you like. But it is it comes with health conditions and we have to address that. And that is and I, again, myself was uh, obese about five, six years ago. And um, it was emotional. Right. It was emotional eating. It was um, not dealing with your demons. And and uh, I, I think that is hugely important because it does affect your health in various ways. And I found it myself various uh, uh, conditions, chronic conditions, and so on. And I'm slowly um, recovering from them and getting on the path of healing. So I think that is hugely important to um, to acknowledge, right? Uh, and uh, people call it shaming and so on. I, I think it's really trying to help. Of course, again, we go back to what I said previously, ridicule and sarcasm is not good. And if it's used for those purposes, I would absolutely disagree with that. But if it's used with good intention to try to help people to overcome their uh, um, their shyness, things that are blocking them, I think that is hugely important. And if we look at in terms of um, psychologists and psychiatrists, um, and you're suffering from mild depression, it goes unnoticed because, and that's something I I would uh, deal with because you think, oh, I'm not unhappy, but I'm also not fully happy. I'm just I'm okay. You know, I'm survival mode. And a lot of people are in that state, but it doesn't have to be. And we can really break through to uh, freedom, joy, liberation uh, that uh, we didn't think would exist. But our, our the way our brains also work, we have hedonic adaptation, which means that we get used to things, right? And that's a good thing in situations where things are difficult and we deal with it because we become used to it. But it can also be a bad thing because then we don't see beyond that and we block ourselves. And uh, and it's that change of perspective that can really help us and to see things more clearly. And so um, I think we want to fill our days with, with, with gratitude. We want to fill our days with happiness, with joy, appreciation. We want to fill it with doing things that we love. And that could be uh, on a small scale, what uh, we like to do in our day. 
or on a larger scale as what we do for a living. And that is also in terms of re-evaluation of what is really important. What do I want? And sometimes we get that, that choice where you think, okay, do you want this promotion or not? But, and you go through it, uh, not just logically, but also emotionally. Or do I want this job? Or do I want to continue with this profession? Or do I want to switch? And um, so it, it, it becomes very important to, to look at it and find what is it you really want to do? And sometimes it's, 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 well, it's often quite hard. Not sometimes. Often it's very hard. But it is worth doing it. It's worth taking that, that journey of self-discovery. So um, filling your day with these kind of feelings, when you take away the equation, the, the block that is there, which is often anxiety, and which has a reason. I mean, it's, it's something we, we all suffer from it. And uh, some admit it, some don't, but they, they still do. And um, I think it's it's really important to 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 see it that way. And uh, the the question in, in in psychoanalysis is actually more like, how do people how are people able to function? The ones who do are the ones who are the exception, uh, and those who, who don't. Well, let's let's find out. We all have to find uh, a way of of uh, uh, of enjoying our lives and of not being um, dragged down by trauma, um, stress, anxiety, and whatever have you. And it's it's hard to do in a, in a world that is feeling more and more unsafe, unstable. And uh, we see it in various different parts of it. And at some point, you know, we do have to, of course, we do have to accept that. That's our reality. But there are a lot of things that we can do and a lot of things that... Um, our reactions to it become very important too. How do we perceive it? And um, it's, I think, an optimistic outlook is is the best. Now, it's not fantasy. It's still accepting the realities, the suffering and so on, but not uh, feeling that it's holding us back because there's so much more. And what I want to also touch about is uh, uh, freedom because um, once you realize you're not compelled to do things. You're not automatically reacting to things. You're not always on the defensive. It gives you a sense of freedom. And that's what I meant earlier by liberation. And um, this, is, this is true freedom, real freedom. I'm not talking about uh, what people are saying that taking away their freedom, like I cannot have my guns uh, in, in the United States. That is, not, that is not the issue here. That's not freedom. That is just uh, narcissistic freedom, I would call that. I'm talking about a liberation, a freedom that um, somebody like the Dalai Lama would embody. Uh, uh, somebody like Nelson Mandela would do when he was in prison, but he felt free because he was free. More than we are physically not so, but uh, in his mind. And he knew he was doing the right thing. And I think that's really important of, of, of really um, being able to be free and not be driven by uh, fear and anxiety. And uh, a lot of us are, and we are misunderstanding freedom. And again, in a small, narrow sense, narcissistic sense of like, I can do whatever I want and you can't tell me. No, freedom includes uh, compromise, includes social responsibility and all that. But once you are in a state where you feel that, you know that, you sense it, it becomes natural and you don't see it as something bad. You see it as something good. And same in a relationship. You don't have the freedom you would have as a, as a single person, 
but it is so much more. It is so much more worth it in many cases, again, depending on the relationship and so on and your, your wishes and desires. But once you unite in that, you become so much more. And I think that is, uh, and it comes at a cost. It comes as a cost, but then you, you feel it's worth it, right? And um, that cost, compromise, and so on, that is actually, once you choose to do it, again, of course, it has to be your choice, it is so liberating at the same time. Right, so it's uh, again that's something I, I could get in 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 other shows, but here just to give you an, an an overview, and this is why when people get that sense of of freedom, of, of happiness, of joy, they often turn to spirituality, and that is something that um, even in, in 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 psychiatry and so on is more and more accepted. Because what that does is, again, it goes beyond the discipline, but it is helping the person. And it's, 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 it's so confusing, too. And you get all these, like, really this sensation of bliss. And you say, there has to be more to life than what we think, or what people tell us. And that is why also we have that connection to it. Or we go that path. A lot of people do. But again, spirituality in its in its true sense of like really connecting with others, being one with others. And uh, the um, seclusion of where you isolate yourself, that is not the same, right? That is not necessarily spirituality. And it, it often isn't. It's really the oneness, the unity that we feel, the joy we get. Uh, I think that is uh, spirituality. And to an extent, religion, but which can go off in a different direction. And if we see people who are angry and they say they are religious, I don't think those two necessarily go together because the anger is showing that something is off. Whereas again, let's go to the Dalai Lama again, the embodiment of peace, of joy, of happiness, that to me is a sign also of spirituality. Now, whatever the belief may be, and I think there is a lot of variation, but essentially it's it's all the same. Essentially, they're all the same. And and that is the important thing to realize. And then you realize, why would I fight against somebody else's beliefs if we all can unite in that? And I think that is uh, is something that's missing in uh, in today's world quite a bit. Um, so um, these are, again, some of the, um, the things that I wanted to talk about in terms of mental health. And uh, I will uh, have the, um, the takeaways here soon because we always... Uh, end uh, a session with uh, with uh, three takeaways that we're going to look at and um, uh, kind of a summary as well, lessons that could be uh, taken from here. And uh, I think, um, yeah, so let's let's get to them. I do have um, my list here and um, I will go through these three points, these three takeaways. And uh, um, yeah, so the first one for uh, today's session on uh, mental health um, we looked at mental health is more than the absence of mental illness. There is that confusion. There is uh, uh, a certain part that I would say maybe a new word, word that we need that would uh, embody that and signify that, which would be maybe mental unhealth, which is not to the point of illness, but is also not well-being. So again, the first takeaway, mental health is more than the absence of mental illness. Now, Mental illness is a, a different issue, and uh, we can get to that. But that is, again, 
uh, I think mental health affects everybody and mental illness affects uh, um, a certain part of the people. But again, um, those two terms are not uh, necessarily interchangeable. At the same time, I do want to stress out that people who do have mental illness can have good mental health, right? So it goes to life satisfaction, uh, to enjoying your life. And, uh, and uh, three of us are really free of, uh, of, of, of mental illness. And we've gone through it. And statistics show that everybody goes through a phase, at least, uh, that they experience a type of mental illness. But again, there is the chance of recovery and resilience. And those who recover are actually way ahead than those who never had it and uh, who never experienced it. Right. So that's our first point. Our second point is mental health is part and parcel of overall health wellness and well-being and i find it linked to joy and happiness right so again health is one thing and we usually um think of it in, in terms of dieting or exercise and so on and we don't embrace it necessarily and i think it is much more than that right it's um Again, the term I would use is thriving, flourishing. And that's, again, something that's going around that people are talking about. And so that is the next step. We're not just looking at I'm healthy, I have a good weight, and I'm eating well. We want to go beyond that. right? And so I think that is um, also very important uh, to consider. And finally, the third one is, is, is a paraphrase. Uh, it's by a song... Uh, that uh, Oasis has, and I'm going to paraphrase it, and I think the it's 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 quite uh, profound, right? Uh, and it's simply you need to be yourself; you can't be no one else. And although the rest of the song, most of it, I don't agree with, and it's a bit odd, uh, it's not as deep and profound, but I think uh, that's really important. We cannot be anyone except ourselves. That's a true asset. That's really what is the most important part of our being, um, why we are also here is really to connect with that. So again, you need to be yourself. And he sings it about himself in the song, but I'm generalizing here. You need to be yourself. You can't be no one else. And there's actually another line that I found quite fascinating too in that same song. And he says, you can have it all, but how much do you want it? And the idea of intention, and we do have more will and power and control than we think we do. And then others tell us, they might they limit us in often in many ways. Again, grounded in reality with the conditions that are surrounding us, right? But at the same time, we can also go a bit more beyond than we think, right? And that is, again, a kind of growth mindset. So um, be supersonic is uh, what I want to end uh, today's uh, session on, on on mental health. And again, May is uh, mental health a month. And I think uh, I thought, uh, I hope this is useful uh, for you all to, um, to consider it, to listen to, agree or disagree with in different terms. But again, I look forward to, um, to interacting with you and hopefully to have also people coming with their questions, comments, and so on. And um, Thank you very much to listening to uh, this session of ramblings and takeaways. And it's been probably more rambling, but at the end, we always have a few takeaways that we can think about. And those were the three points that I wanted to make in today's session. So thank you very much for your time, for listening in, for tuning in, and uh, I will see you soon.
Take care.